Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. For many, being labeled a two-time Olive Award-winning actor is tantamount to becoming a god. You know, you're on to bigger and better things, and you're, you're loved the world over. Or you're Kevin Spicy. Now, early days of being well-regarded and uh, bestowed upon as one of the greatest actors of his time have given way to uh, isolation, and, and some would say insanity. But also uh, a second life as a podcast sitcom star. So it's interesting times to be Kevin, and uh, somehow we were able to uh, get an interview with him. So I, uh, I'm pleased to play you my interview with Kevin Spicy. It, uh, let's say it doesn't go as expected, but what else can you expect from a sentient chili pepper, I, guess, I suppose? So without further ado, here is uh, Kevin Spicy and I talking about season one of Sugar and Spicy, which you can uh, own now. Uh, wherever you get your awards radar podcasts. So enjoy, everyone. One, two, three. Well, uh, thank you. thanks for doing this, Kevin. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Joey. I just got to thank you for giving us a venue to properly express our art like this. I, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. Well, you know, the art and the artist are, are two separate things, and we'll, we'll get into that. I, I, I do, before we start, I do want to just uh, ask you, is there is there a reason that you have Rutabaga Giuliani with you today? I'll, I'll answer that for him. I'll, I'll, I, I can do that. That's that's totally me, Kevin. You don't need to do that. As, okay. as, per, as per I said to you, uh, James, is it? James? It, it It's Joey, and also, jo- could you sit up and button your pants? Sorry, I like laying down on these on these nice... Uh, counters here. I, the, I have seen the, that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, notably very, in very a nice. uh, Academy Award nominated film. We we have many papers here from your podcast. They, along with many other ones, some of them are blank. They will prove that my client is not one of these uh, pest sex that you talk about here on these airways. I'm sorry, Kevin. I will be here as support. And I think what you're doing here on the show, it's uh, it's it's not good. It's not very nice. All right, thanks, uh, Rutabaga. I, I I think I can handle myself. But thank you for thank you for backing me up. I gotta no say, uh, I wasn't I wasn't planning on bringing up some of your uh, accusations, but since uh, Mr. Giuliani over there is uh, happy to, I suppose, clear your name, we can we can get into that. But I'll I'll, I'll get there. First, uh, I want to I want to ask you about how this uh, this project came to be. We actually have a clip we can play of the uh, the Awards Radar podcast um, coming up with the idea that you would you would soon sign on to. So let's listen to that first, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll hear about the evolution of that. So uh, hang on one second. I I, can, uh. I can't really do Spacey. I can kind of do Frank Underwood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Underwood is yeah. You gotta you gotta draw, you know but also miss me. Yeah, I wish I God I want him to pick up the phone and say that to you like. I, I don't. I wish you would stop calling. <laughs> See, this is the sitcom. You're like uh, sort of begrudgingly drawn into his world repeatedly. Begrudging is a very understated term. Listen, 
And the Netflix. the the opening title sequence ends with you both of you back to back with your thumbs pointing at each other like, oh brother, this guy again. Oh, it's a sitcom. Yeah, it's a yeah sitcom, well, yeah, probably. we'll do one of the things where in the previous show you've got the little thing of us in the foreground and we're just looking at each other like this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, to, the, to the theme song to the theme song of uh, Too Many Cooks. And then you have to have a puppet in there too. It's like kind of like an elf type thing. Where okay, listen, well that's that's. I will do it. I will legitimately do it. If <laughs> rather than playing himself, we get a puppet to play Kevin Spacey, I will one hundred percent like unironically do that project. It's a puppy of a. It's a. It's a puppet, not a puppy. It's a puppet of a chili pepper, and he's Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> there you go. And he using plays the Frank Underwood voice. Who voice? Uh, um, uh, oh, you got to get someone good who's not Kevin Spacey. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Listen, I I will. If anyone out there is listening and thinks that that sounds like anything, I will one thousand percent do that. <laughs> I mean, I think you have homework for next week, which is you need to have penned a scene for the show. Yeah, clearly. I think this, this is a recurring week, gag. This week on me and Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. I think every week we need to have a. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I got it. I got it. This is this has turned into something somehow. Um, every week we're going to tell you for the next week the 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 zany scene we need you to pen. So you'll be assigned. Okay. All right. So this week, Kevin Spicy calls you in a huff because he's uh he's finally found out they've re- they've written him out of House of Cards, or I guess since this is like a vague you know spinoff House that we don't want to ever get sued. Yeah, House of Charge, House of Chards. Yeah, same thing. House of Chilies. Whichever one you want. So you have to uh, write a better ending to his series as opposed to getting uh, written out. And he's uh, making unrealistic demands while you're um, also trying to cook a dinner for your girlfriend for your anniversary. So you're, you know, doing two things at once. Every sitcom cliche you can you can go into. Okay. Well, WandaVision is pretty good so far. So I've I've got some inspiration now. It's almost like you knew what the next topic was going to be. We need to have a, a laugh track and applause going. Yeah, I mean, you're you're literally the person who does that, so... Yeah, well, let's make it happen. (laughs) We can. Note to Steve, do it. All right, yes, so uh, this will be a recurring gag, assuming anyone enjoys it. So uh, next week, get prepared to give him another scene, and and Miles' uh, shitsterpiece theater will be be starting next week. Okay, so you guys... Kevin, you, you heard... You were there. What? What? When you when you got pitched this, what made you what made you sign on? You know, obviously you've been kind of an exile aside from your ungodly creepy Christmas videos. Um, why? Why sign on to this? Besides, sort of the obvious idea that no one is hiring you right now. Well, the thing is, Joey, you say creepy. I like to think of them as classy Christmas videos. Because I think everyone needs just a little bit of Christmas cheer. And who better to cheer people up than the lead of House of Chars, a show about political corruption. You know what I'm saying? But I, I will say the, the Christmas cheer you were spreading was uh, illegal in most states and with people who are underage. All right. Well, I don't appreciate that accusation, but I'll continue to answer your original question, uh, which is that when I heard the pitch for this show, and I think those Christmas videos, you can knock them all you want, but I think they did keep the exposure. uh, I did keep myself exposed in such a way that I think there was still an audience for something like Sugar and Spicy. And I think, you know, ever since I sort of fell out of favor, which I'll be the first to admit... 
uh, I was kind of relieved and kind of excited that an up-and-coming young talent like Mr. Miles Hughes would sort of look at me and look for somebody who could pull off this complicated role. I mean, who is Kevin Spicy, really? And who can answer that question better than the man, or should I say the chili pepper man himself? Um, what is your relationship with, with Miles? Is it just a working relationship, or are you guys friends? Because I, you know, I, I do a podcast with him, and I've known him for well over a decade, and he, uh, he declined to participate in this. Well, Miles, you know, he's got his own career to think about, and he's got his own good name, and I definitely understand that he would want to keep our working relationship at just that. But I personally think of him as, well, maybe the best friend I've had in the past several years, and he's really done wonders for my career. I mean, you know, I've got I've got a fifth follower on Twitter now. That's, that's big news, and I think, uh, you know, it's all due to uh, the show that he's written for me and this platform that he's given me to really show my my true artistic self. Uh, speaking of Twitter, before we roll episode one, I, I just want to maybe clarify something. Your 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 latest tweet is a hashtag with stop the steal, but it's also talking about your your final film project as of the moment, which is still a billionaire boys banana club. Um, do you care to explain that anyway? Well, I just think that. Obviously, this uh, hashtag Stop the Steal is in reference to the Olive Award nomination that was stolen from me for this uh, excellent film that I participated mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite performances of my own that I've given and no recognition from the Academy, which, you know, apples and oranges to each their own. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it is kind of ridiculous that they're denying actors who obviously have such incredible talent as I do uh, the opportunity to be rewarded for that. And Kevin is right. Uh, avocados and tomatoes, for sure. Thank you, Rudy. So, so this has absolutely nothing to do with the uh, accusations by uh, Donald Rumpros that the uh, well, election was stolen. Listen, we're not here to talk about Donald Rumpros. I mean, I got a whole bunch of papers over here that are blank about Donald Rumpros. I mean, I mean, you you wouldn't even excuse me. Hang on, I gotta fix the grease in my hair. Okay, uh, just don't talk about that, um, James. That's just not very nice. And 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 I would not talk about the the number of things that we found about you in your past history that that we have here in, in documents. Right, right, Kevin. Fair. Fair, fair enough, sir, though I will again ask you to uh, put your pants back on. Oh, that is that is fair. I would ask you to put your glasses back on to read the proper questions that we went over uh, because that's uh, that's not very nice, And and uh, but I will do that about the pants. Mm, good idea. Let's, uh, let's listen to episode one, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about uh, the process here. So here we go. And now it's time for your favorite odd couple, Sugar and Spicy, starring Miles Hughes as himself. Can you believe I have to put up with this guy? And Nicolas Cage as Kevin Spicy. Don't act like you didn't miss me. Gross. Sugar and Spicy was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Your discretion was strongly advised. We open in Miles' apartment. It's your standard Seinfeld-esque sitcom apartment. Miles is in the kitchen attempting to cook an extravagant meal. It is not going well. Aw, oh, man. 
Who knew that cooking duckle orange with sweet potato casserole and lentil soup from scratch would be this difficult? At this moment, a sentient chili pepper with the face of Kevin Spacey bursts through the front door, Kramer style. This is somehow not as terrifying as it sounds. Did somebody mention difficult food? Why, if it isn't my next-door neighbor and infamous Hollywood sex pest, Kevin Spicy. That's right, and I've got a bone to pick with you, Milesy boy. I hope it's the kind you can make broth out of. I just got word from my agent that they're firing me for my award-winning Netflix series, House of Chards. I don't know if you can really say it was your show, Kevin. We all know that David Fincher was who really made that show what it is today. Fine, but I'm the lead character. And now they're going to kill me off screen, between seasons. How undignified. Well, maybe you shouldn't have had all those inappropriate relations with young boys. Hey, they shouldn't have come to Peter Piper if they didn't want their pickled peppers picked. You know what I'm saying? Miles gives him a concerned look before returning to his cooking. I don't know what to tell you. They want Ramen Wright to take over as the lead from here. Apparently they plan to address how you died in the final episode, but the producers have assured me that it'll be deeply unsatisfying. I can't go out like that. I'm two-time Olive Award winning actor Kevin Spicy. You're the head writer. You gotta help me. Sorry, Kevin. My hands are tied. How is that possible? I don't know. But I don't think this is how you're supposed to cook spaghetti. Miles lifts his hands to reveal that they're literally tied up with loose strands of spaghetti. Spicy helps to untie them. I know my time in the sun is over for now. All I'm asking is that you give me a dignified exit. Something worthy of my talents. One good scene is all I need to go out on a high note. Come on, you know I can deliver. You loved me in the usual kumquats. Even if I wanted to help, now's a terrible time. I'm trying to cook this elaborate meal for my girlfriend, and she'll be home any minute. Oh yeah? I've got a deal for you. As a food item myself, I know my way around the kitchen. You write me a killer final scene for House of Chards, and I'll help you get this dinner ready in time. I mean, that would be a huge help. I guess it couldn't hurt to write the scene, but I can't promise the producers will use it. That's the spirit. I'll make it worth your while, too. This'll be my greatest performance since L.A. Continental Breakfast. <laughs> All right, but we've got to act fast. I've got to get in the zone. Quick, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> Spicy grabs some nearby powdered sugar and massages it into Miles' hair. And they say I'm into some weird stuff. <laughs> All right, I'll get to writing. You do what you can in the kitchen. You got it, man. I'll make a meal for your little lady in no time. As long as there's no green peppers. You know how I feel about green peppers. What, you feel like sleeping with them before they're ripe, then coming out as gay to deflect the allegations? No, man, I'm just allergic. <laughs> Whatever, do what you gotta do. Just please try to finish before my girlfriend gets home. Why, is she not a fan? Let's just say she can't really handle spicy foods. <laughs> Miles, my boy, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. That's what I'm afraid of. Tune in next time for more adventures with Sugar and Spicy. 
Brought to you by your friends at the Awards Radar. Uh, Kevin, so how do you prepare to play a version of yourself? I, I, I want to believe that this is not a fully autobiographical, considering you, you never once deny accusations of sex pestery on the show? Well, listen, and Miles walked me through this uh, when we were sort of developing the scripts, and it made a lot of sense to me at the time, which is people know what I've been accused of, and you can't have a sitcom that's just somebody denying the things that definitely, for the record, did not take place. So rather than fight against what my current public image is, we decided to just embrace it and wring some humor out of it. And so I just view it as I am playing the role of the sex pest version of Kevin Spicy. And that, to me, helps me divorce Kevin Spicy you see in the show versus Kevin Spicy the Chili Pepper Man. That's both confusing and terrifying, but uh, you know what? Let's... Let's will, listen to how it evolves. I, w- I will say one thing, Joey, before you do go into that. This this idea of sex pestery, right? Is that is that what you guys have coined all this? Uh, it's what the uh, legal documents that you have in front of you actually uh, say he's accused of. Uh, I can read some of the charges, uh, Mr. Giuliani, if you No, like. they're, they're the same blank pages you and I have. I, I will say this, is that, you know, the way you describe it, uh, it's not as bad as it sounds, you know. Well, hold pest- on, rutabaga. That's that's not helping me. I mean, know. tomato uh, enchilada, right? I mean, you look at, you take the two words separately. You got sex. Who doesn't love sex? I mean, uh, I'm sure everyone here has had some some good sex, right? Good sex. I mean. I mean, Very Mr. Giuliani. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's I, had I good do, sex. I do. I I I did see a recent film in which you uh, seem to be. Potentially having sex with an underage woman as well. well I, I I have not been in any movies. Uh, I I don't have a a, 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 a SAG card. You know. I uh, you know. Can I, Mister um, Giuliani? I'd like to show you this this scene from a, a film, a Borat subsequent uh, movie film. Uh, well, here, hold look on, at this. Hold on. I think we're getting away from the real topic of discussion. You're, you know what, here, Kevin? Well, Kevin but, me. You know, but I I will say you know pesting is the second word. And you know, you, I'm a pest to you, you're a pest to me. You know, in a lot of ways, the the charges you read out on these papers, I mean, it, it does imply that, you know, Kevin did a service. Because it's, it's almost I, like they were, it's almost like they were asking for it. I, I can't I mean. believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to, I'm going to go to the second clip for both of your sakes. So let's, I, uh, I don't know what we said that was wrong. Um, I, 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 you know what? During the break, I'm going to show you a film, and I'm going to uh, tell you some of the things you've done wrong. Okay. So let's let's listen to episode two. Uh, episode two, The Way the Cracker Crumbles, written just over an hour ago by Miles Hughes. Set the stage, everyone. Theater of the mind. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's episode finds our hero hard at work on his neighbor's swan song for House of Chards. But there's one person who is none too happy about it. Audience cheers. We open on Miles' bedroom. It looks like a bedroom. I don't know. What do you want from me? Miles is in bed, typing away at his laptop. In the bed next to him is a large, sentient graham cracker. The face of Heather Graham. Again, this is totally normal. 
Come on, sugar, let's go to sleep. <laughs> Sorry for the delay, girlfriend and one-time Hollywood superstar Heather Graham Cracker. I'm almost done. That's what you said before dinner. <laughs> right, but then I took a break to eat dinner, so now I've got to make up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, just hurry up. I've got a new serial killer podcast I want to start listening to so I can fall asleep. <laughs> oh yeah? What's this one called? Gordon Ramsay's Cooking Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you fall asleep to that stuff. It gives me nightmares. I don't know what I would do if a chef caught you and chopped you up for his diabolical dish. Unless he's making some really elaborate s'mores, I'm probably safe. <laughs> what are you writing anyway? <laughs> it's an alternate final episode for this season of House of Chards. The producers probably won't go for it, but I owed Kevin a favor. Kevin Spicy, our neighbor? Isn't he like... A sex pest now? <laughs> yeah, but we've recast him as a lovably wacky neighbor who's also a chili pepper for the purpose of our sitcom, so I think we're okay. <laughs> come across as a little tasteless? Not as long as we keep breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging it. At that moment, Kevin Spicy comes bursting through one of the bedroom walls, the fourth one to be exact, in a style reminiscent to the Kool-Aid Man. Did somebody say tasteless? <laughs> Damn it, Kevin, we just had the drywall replaced from the last time you did that. Sorry, sugar man. I just got too excited waiting to see your new script. Is it done? Can I read it? I just emailed it to you. Awesome, I'm gonna go read it right now. And Kevin, please don't bust through our wall again. Shit's expensive. <laughs> oh, come on. What's the worst that'll happen? Heather rises from the bed. Do it again, and you'll be dealing with me. <laughs> Push. I'm not scared of you. You haven't been in a major release since the 90s. That's not true. I was in one of the Austin Powerade movies. <laughs> oh, word. So was I. Respect. Spicy makes a dramatic exit. Heather gets back into bed. Miles puts his laptop down. Did you actually finish it just now? I mean, I hadn't, but I quickly rushed the ending while he was talking. Hopefully he doesn't notice. There's a bang at their window, causing them both to jump. They look over to see Spicy climbing through. What the jalapeno are you doing? <laughs> I remembered what you said about not crashing through your drywall, so I climbed up the fire escape instead. But Kevin, we don't have a fire escape. Yeah, I know. I had to jump over from the one next door. Luckily, I learned how to deal with immense heights while I worked on Super Mango Returns. <laughs> did, did you fly in that movie? No, but I wanted to be on standby in case Raisin Brandon Routh had to drop out. <laughs> anyway, we need to talk about this script. You have me getting shot in the head out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. You die on screen now. That's not enough. I wanted a big dramatic monologue or something, man. Something to go out on a high note. Listen, Kevin, it's almost midnight. Can we talk about rewrites in the morning? Fine, fine. Just remember, you owe me for dinner tonight. Wait, Kevin cooked dinner tonight? Is that why everything tastes so spicy? <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> 
We'll talk in the morning, okay? Good night. Fine, fine. I hear you, Chief. Spicy climbs back out the window. Still don't have a fire escape. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Juju Beans, is he going to be all right? He'll be fine. The worst ones always seem to live forever. Let's go to sleep. The two of them climb into bed and turn off the lights. They lie there peacefully for a while. Is it weird that we, as sentient food items, are also eating smaller, non-sentient food items for dinner? Like, what are the implications of that? I wouldn't worry about it. The writer sure didn't. <laughs> Tune in next time for more exciting episodes of Sugar and Spicy, brought to you by your friends at the Awards Radar. All right, so um, while we were listening to episode two, uh, Mr. Giuliani has now seen the, the film um that he cameoed in and has mostly just been shaking his head in the corner so we'll come back to him in a moment kevin you perhaps have a have a view of yourself that's not shared by by others do you do you at least understand where people are coming from where they find it like absurdly creepy that you're starring in a in a buddy sitcom while also accused of some some awful awful things well listen I think there is a massive disconnect between what the majority of people think is the truth of the world or the truth about certain people, myself included, and what the actual truth of those actual certain people actually is. And when you look at it from that standpoint, it's actually incredibly simple and incredibly easy to understand why people would have these misconceptions about me. Now, I'll tell you, when the accusations first came around, I was definitely less than thrilled. I was used to a certain lifestyle and a certain popularity that was, I would argue, you know, taken away from me, stolen from me. Hey, hashtag stop the steal, am I right? I, I, I can't hurt you much. enough to not tweet that anymore. Yeah, no. I mean, he's on Twitter. I'm one of his followers. Uh, the former president is... Um, who, who are your other two? Who are your other three? Who are your uh, other three? Yeah, so it's you two. Uh, David Figture was for a second, but I think that was a mistake because he's since unsubscribed or unfollowed me, I should say. I'm yeah. still getting used to the terminology. Yeah. I don't know to the, the other ones, though. They're a series of numbers. Somebody once explained to me that they might be bots, but I just view that as a positive because that means I'm reaching out to not just fellow humans and not just fellow food people but robots as well so if i'm yeah. making headway with the robot community that's incredibly exciting and we and we want to make clear the robot community has been the number one supporter of his this entire way through and we're exactly. we're going to get to the bottom of why the human community is not working with the robot community to get to the right facts you know we've been working with this with this company uh, uh, I think you might have heard of him, Skynet. And mm -hmm. I, I really think they are tapping into the robot community. Um, hashtag stop the steal. Hashtag robot lives matter. You know, I, I can't begin to tell you what's wrong with all that. So I'm going to I'm going to go right into episode three of, of Sugar and Spicy, frankly, for both of your sakes. Sugar and Spicy, episode three, pitching and bitching. Written after a long-needed vacation by Miles Hughes. Previously on Sugar and Spicy, Hollywood screenwriter and dashing man about town. Who wrote this? Uh, Miles Hughes was just trying to live his life and make dinner for his girlfriend. 
But his next-door neighbor and infamous sex pest, Kevin Spicy, had other plans. One little favor turned into a massive obligation as Miles has now found himself writing an alternate ending to Kevin's time on House of Chards. But before they can film his new dramatic death scene, they need to get approval from the man in charge. We open in a corporate office. Miles and Kevin sit across the desk from a sentient Fig Newton with the face of David Fincher. Kevin, who himself is a sentient chili pepper with the face of Kevin Spacey, and the voice of Nicolas Cage, treats this as normal. Miles, who is human but is somehow trapped in this bizarre Hollywood food-based puppet dimension, has no choice. Thanks for taking this meeting with us, Mr. Feature. We really appreciate it. Of course, Miles. It's the least I can do after you help me get out of recording that director's commentary for Alien 3 on the last series box set. How'd you do that, anyway? Well, Ridley Scone was bitterly disappointed at first, but I managed to convince him that he really didn't need to consider the third film canon, as he developed his sequel, Promethe Upcake. Promethe Upcake? That doesn't make any sense. Neither did the movie. <laughs> Hiya, David. It's been a while. David turns to look at Kevin as though he'd just insulted his mother. Not long enough, Mr. Spicy. I'm only doing this as a favor to Miles, so let's get on with it. I've still got to put my finishing touches on Monkey Brains. <laughs> Miles turns to look at the camera. Monkey Brains were historically part of the Manchu Han Imperial Banquet of the King Empire during the 17th century, according to Wikipedia. Therefore, it technically counts as a food pun. Get off my back! <laughs> it turns to look at Kevin, who has perched himself on Miles' back. He gets down and sits back in his chair. That was weird. Yeah, I'm not sure why I did that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Contrive that a humorous side. My time is valuable, shall we? Miles pulls out a short script and starts to read from it. Kevin gets up and acts out the scene as he reads it. Our hero, Francis Undercooked, makes his way through the crowd of his final political event. He knows his career is finished. Suddenly, a gunshot is heard. Francis is hit in the chest and collapses to the ground. The crowd panics and flees, while various bodyguards spread out, looking for the sniper. Kevin dutifully acts like he's been shot and collapses to the ground. Eclair! Eclair! Where's Eclair? Where's my wife? Audience laughs. Francis's wife, Eclair Undercooked, played by Raman Wright in A Coat of Frosting, rushes to his side. She has no words, which is definitely a reflection of her emotional state, and not at all a request from her co-star. My love, I know I haven't always treated you right. I know that so often you were a pawn in my endless grab for power. I know that, historically, so many political wives are treated that way by their husbands, and that's something we need to do better as a society, you know? Equality for women, that's what I'm about. But I want you to know that I've always loved you, and I always will. And also, if you hear any allegations about me having affairs with underage boys, you should definitely just go ahead and not believe them. Goodbye, my darling. Kevin lets out a death rattle and dies. But then he gets up, still alive, because life is unfair that way. Miles tugs at his shirt collar, clearly embarrassed. Kevin has a big, excited grin. Well, that's interesting. Miles here laid the groundwork and set the scene, but then I came in to punch up the speech. Put my own voice into it a little, you know? I'd never have guessed. <laughs> so what do you think? Can we use it? David strokes his beard thoughtfully. 
a few crumbs fall out, which makes sense because, again, he's a fig newton. Hmm. I'm not sure. I think I need to see another take. Excuse me? Yeah, just to make sure I'm seeing the best possible version of it, let's take it back to when you get shot. You got it. And action. Spicy mimes being shot and collapsed to the ground again. Eclair! Eclair! Where's... Cut. Reset. But I didn't even get into it. I know, but I want you to really nail the impact of you being gunned down. Make sure you really feel it. Then hit the ground hard. Oh, okay. Miles looks at the camera again. I see where this is going. Reset and action. Five hours and 72 takes later, Kevin is on the ground in a pool of sweat, gasping and panting and struggling to get his words out. And I just want you to know that I'll always love you. And the, the thing about the kids, goodbye. He dies in character. After a pause, David starts to clap. Miles, who had fallen asleep in his chair, wakes up with a start and claps too, though he's not entirely sure what for. All right, great job, everyone. I think we've got it. Kevin pulls himself up, looking relieved. Awesome. So that means you'll do it for real? Absolutely not. <laughs> Kevin looks stunned. But, but why? Oh, I was never going to say yes to it. Even if it weren't self-aggrandizing nonsense, which it is. You're on the Blackberry list. Nobody in Hollywood is going to want to work with you. Except for Paul Schrated Cheese, maybe. But he's got his own issues. But then, why did you make me go through it so many times? What can I say? I love getting multiple takes of things. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got my kids play to micromanage. They're going to nail that opening number no matter how long the audience has to sit there. But, David, we have so much history. We made seven herbs and spices together. Sorry, Spicy, but that's what happens when you abuse your power and also get caught. As for Miles, you may want to stop doing him favors. It's not good for your career to be associated with this guy. I love you, but you're too sweet for your own good. That's why they call me Sugar. Tune in next time for more adventures from Sugar and Spicy. Brought to you by your friends at Awards Radar. Uh, well, while that was playing, I did actually reach out for comment from David Fixture, and uh, he mostly... Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to read you this quote. Um, and I apologize for the profanity, but fuck that fucking fuck... I, I hope he burns in vegetable hell. He must, um, he must have been talking about uh, Ben Alfalfa. I mean, I, I mean, Mr. Giuliani. While we were, while that was playing, I also saw on uh, on the news that your 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 office was raided by the Justice Department under President Joe Breden. So well, yeah, I, I know, think you might have some bigger problems. Look, they did take some furniture, but it was only because I borrowed it. Was know? it your coffin? I cannot tell you what's on those papers. I mean, they're they're clearly blank, so you you, don't you should have stop to. talking they're, they're to me up. and talk to Kevin a little bit. I I can't tell you how much I wish I wasn't talking to you, hmm. Kevin. I'm, I'm a dog. Um, you you're literally leaking onto the table table, and I don't know what it is, so I don't want to be anywhere near you, uh, Kevin. I can't believe you're the least creepy one at this table, um, but here we are. 
um, as you were as you were filming the show, did you did you think it was going to catch on, or were you sort of confused at why this would even be a thing? Oh no! I mean, I trusted in Miles's artistic talent. And to be honest, I was just happy to be working again. I mean, whether it finds an audience or not is sort of secondary to the art itself. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. as a as a man who is a chili pepper, who is a man, as a caricature of a man who is a chili pepper, I take great pride in uh, devolving and sinking into the characters that I play. And this was a really rich opportunity to take a metatextual approach to things that may or may not have happened in my actual life. Mm, which we'll see plenty more in episode four, which we're going to listen to right now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode. When we left off, stunningly handsome screenwriter Miles Hughes was trying to help his neighbor land a dramatic and emotional death scene on House of Chards. The only snag? His neighbor's two-time olive-winning actor and infamous sex pest, Kevin Spicy, voiced here for legal reasons by Nicolas Cage. They got as far as pitching the scene to series creator David Fitcher, who was having none of it. And as if that wasn't bad enough, last night the Olive nominations were released for 2021 with one glaring omission. We open in Miles' bog-standard sitcom apartment. Our hero, the one who's not a chili pepper or a sex pest, is sitting in the living room, occasionally glancing at his watch. Kevin Spicy is pacing back and forth angrily. The large chili pepper-shaped hole in the wall indicates he was not invited over. Outrageous. Outrageous, I say. After all I've done for them, after all the great performances I've given, outrageous. This snub is ridiculous. It's insulting. It's, it's... Outrageous. Audience laughs. Thank you. So you agree with me? I wouldn't take it that far. I mean... Who's even heard of some of these films? Promising Young Walnut, Nectarland, The Trial of the Chicago Deep Dish, Manky Brains, Sound of Mozzarella, Judas and the Blackberry Pudding, and, and... Miles leans forward, waiting for the next one. And? I don't know, I can't think of anything for the father. Audience laughs. Yeah, that one's tough. At least Minari is already named after a food item. But my point exactly, what's a random movie where the characters all speak Korean doing getting nominated for Best Picture? Well, it's more of a 60-40 split between Korean and English, not that that mattered to the Golden Grapes. Audience last. Either way, I'm still outraged. Just so we're clear, what film were you expecting to get nominated for? Well, Beyond the Sea Salt, of course. I can't believe they didn't go for it. Yeah, it's a real mystery. If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably because either you've been blacklisted by Hollywood or because that movie came out more than 16 years ago, but I couldn't say which. Audience laughs. Well, I'm not going to let this stand. We need to get this corrected and pronto. Uh, How do we do that? And by we, I mean you. And by you, I mean after you've either personally repaired or at least paid for that new hole in my wall. Audience laughs. There's no time for that now. We've got to appeal to the Academy voters. We've got to get the people on our side. We've got to let the world know what an outrage this is. 
Yeah, that's like three times more we than I'm interested in. Weird. That's what my partner said last night. Audience booze. You live a sad, strange little life, Kevin. I'm sorry, but I don't want any part in this. Come on, man. You've got to help me. I'll let you co-star in my next creepy Christmas video. As tempting as that sounds, I'm going to have to pass. I'll introduce you to Paul Shraded Cheese. He's still interested in doing a movie with me. Oh, the director of Domino's prequel to The Exorcist and that not-quite-porno with Lima Lohan? Somehow I think I can live without that. I'll stop bursting in through your wall like the Kool-Aid man. I don't believe you. I'll pour some sugar on you. Miles stops to consider. He gives Spicy a suspicious look. Not in a gross way, I hope. No, no, of course not. Just in a weird way. He takes some powdered sugar and massages it into Miles' scalp. Miles smiles with contentment. That's some dirty pool, Kevin Spicy. Fine, I'm in. But only because my girlfriend Heather Graham Cracker never does this for me. Oh yeah, how's she doing? Eh, not bad. She was just in the CBS All Access remake of The Standwich. Oh, I'm sorry, the Paramount Plus remake of The Standwich. Oh, no kidding. How was that? Fine, probably. I haven't seen it. It's just one streaming service too many, you know? Audience laughs. I hear that. Speaking of too many streams, for the love of God, do not finish that thought. Audience cheers. Will Kevin Spicy get the Olive nomination he clearly thinks he deserves? Tune in next time for more adventures from Sugar and Spicy, brought to you by your friends at Awards Radar. Uh, Kevin, one of the things that keeps happening in the show is you you avoid doorways and instead just sort of Kool-Aid Man-style crash into things. You you, you did that here, too. So, there, Mr. Julian, by the way, there will be a bill when you leave. We're not liable for any damages whatsoever uh, that is, on this that podcast. Is, that is not even... You know, accurate uh, why don't slightest. you? Why don't you have this uh, Miles guy? You could just ask him. He seems to be a guy made of money because he's stolen a lot of the money from my client. That's what we're also here for. We're here for punitive damages. Well, now um, hold on, hold on, Ruta Vega. We we don't want to make any accusations before the facts have presented themselves. Miles that, did assure me before the filming of the show that I would be guaranteed a certain amount of salary. Yeah. And just because he has failed to deliver on that for the six months or so since the show aired does not mean we should necessarily hold that against him look, until all the facts are presented. Look, some I of mean, us some is, of us are very hungry. All right. And I we mean, want he has he has stated that it's it was you were promised salary. Not salary, and when you were given some of the salary, you attempted to molest it, so it was taken away. That's, uh, I mean, fair. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that to salary? Uh, uh, Mr. Spicy, do you still want him to represent you? Listen, when you're a former celebrity, or as I like to think of myself, newly up-and-coming celebrity... You don't necessarily have the pick of the litter when it comes to legal representation. And Mr. Giuliani, though he may not always say the right thing at the right time, but honestly, who does in this day and age? His heart is in the right place, and he has committed uh, to representing me pro bono, which is ultimately the thing that I need the most because I do not have the ability to pay him at this time. I mean, myriad people who are listening to this are are glad to know that his heart is in the right place because they have attempted to... uh put a stake through it in recent months. But let's yeah. listen to episode five. And when we come back, I do want to, you know, I'm sorry to say, address some of these accusations. So let's, uh, let's listen. 
Sugar and Spicy, Episode 5. The Kentucky Fried Chickens Come Home to Roost. Written with a great sense of relief by Miles Hughes. Tonight, on a very special season finale of Sugar and Spicy, we check in one last time with our intrepid hero and less trepid, not quite hero. Lymphamous Hollywood sex past Kevin Spicy, voiced by Nicolas Cage, finally reclaim his lost stardom? Will devastatingly handsome screenwriter Miles Hughes finally be rid of his overbearing neighbor? Will his girlfriend, Heather Graham Cracker, finally break up with him over his affiliation with his perverted pepper? Will any of the other outstanding plot threads from the last four episodes get a satisfying resolution? Or will this be more of a Game of Thrones situation? Or should I say, Game of Scones? Eh? Eh? Anyway... We open in Miles' standard sitcom apartment, which is just as standard as the last time we saw it. There's a chili pepper-shaped hole in the wall from where Kevin Spicy made his last entrance. There are snacks and booze all over the place. Miles is sitting on the couch watching the 2021 Olive Awards while Kevin paces around the world a room, occasionally stopping to write in a small notebook. Congratulations again to Cookie Zhao for winning Best Director for Nectarland. She is only the second woman in all of history to win the award, as well as being the first cookie to do so. <laughs> and now, the nominees for Best Editing. Putting Best Director an hour into the show? What the hell were they thinking? I kind of like it. Spices things up a bit, you know? You would. All right, I've got it. We do a versus movie. Those are popular right now. Just look at Godzilla vs. Korn, Freddy vs. Jerky, Cracker vs. Kramer, Beatman vs. Sushi Man, Doe v. Wade. <laughs> Not the best example, but I like where your head is at. All we need to do is find someone even more reviled than I am. I can beat them up, and then I immediately seem that much more palatable by comparison. If it worked for Uwe Bowl of Fruit, why not me? Did it work for Uwe Bowl of Fruit? Of course it worked for Uwe Bowl of Fruit. Everybody loves that guy. Miles looks very pointedly at the camera, raising his eyebrow. Now come on, help me think. Who can we get who's worse than me? Who's worse than me? Uh... <laughs> you know what? I sought myself up for that one. Touché. How uncharacteristically self-aware of you. Uh, oh, I know. How about Honey Weinstein? Oh, that's a good one. I like the sound of that, yeah. Spicy versus Weinstein. The battle for the ages. Yeah. Pity he's in jail, though. Well, that's only a minor setback. Maybe we can break him out? Somehow, I don't think breaking Weinstein out of jail is going to help your public image. Fine, fine, fine. Forget the verses thing. Kevin crumples up the notebook page he was writing on and throws it into a very large pile of notebook pages in the corner. And the Olive Award for Best Actress goes to... Frances McDonut. Unbelievable. If she can win a third Olive for taking a shit on screen, why can't I? There are so many answers to that question, I can't even choose my favorite. Don't suppose it would help to remind you that you didn't have a filming competition this year. Come on, man, don't sweat the details. 
Where's that sugary optimism I love so much? Oh, that died around episode two. <laughs> okay, okay, how about this? We get a hashtag going. All the big comeback stories nowadays. It did wonders for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I would argue that was something that people actually wanted to see, but I've already drunk too much Zack Snyder to argue. <laughs> No, no, this could work. I can see it now. Hashtag restore the spicy nod. What was the film you wanted to get nominated for again? The Men Who Stare at Grapes, obviously. You wanted to be nominated in 2021 for The Men Who Stare at Grapes, which came out in 2008. Yeah, why do you ask? No reason. <laughs> Now, the nominees for Best Actor in a Leading Role are... Oh, better get your hashtag going. We're at the final category of the night. Wait, they're ending with Best Actor? What kind of award show does that? The kind that's angling for a manufactured emotional beat they're not going to get. Ritz Ahmed for Sound of Meatballs. Cherry Oldman for Manky Brains. Shit, we've got to get this hashtag trending. I've got to get on Twitter. Shit, I've got to download Twitter. <laughs> Salmon Yoon for Minari, which is already a food item. Anthony Hotdog for The Father, which still doesn't lend itself to any food puns. Oh man, it's down to the wire. I'm going to try and tag you in this hashtag. How do you tag someone? I'm pretty sure you just touch them and run away. <laughs> and Chadwick Boysenberry, who is definitely going to win tonight. The tweet is out. It's away. It's free like a bird. A bird who tweets. Tweeter. Twitter. Oh, hey, I get it now. The suspense is killing me. And the Olive Award for Best Actor goes to... Silence fills the room. The presenter seems to hesitate. Looking around for help, Miles leans forward with a look of concern. I've got a notification here saying that I've been banned by Twitter. What does that mean? It means that karma still exists. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the award goes to Kevin Spicy for the men who stare at grapes. Scratch that. Karma's dead. Here's to failing upward. How the flying fuck did you do that? <laughs> of course. Why didn't I think of it before? Kevin speeds out of the room, creating a new hole in the wall next to one that was already there. Miles silently counts to three, and as if on cue... Kevin crashes back through the wall again, leaving three identical chili pepper-shaped holes. He's carrying what looks like an old phone booth, which he places in the center of the room. What am I looking at? This, my friend, is a time machine. Fuck off it is. No joke. This is how I'm able to be anywhere and everywhere all the time. That actually explains a lot. Clearly, I used it to go back in time and influence the results somehow. Which means we've got to go back now and make that happen. <sighs> we? Come on, man. After everything we've been through, don't you want to go on one more crazy adventure together? Do I want to squeeze into a tight metal box with a notorious sexual predator so that we can go on a quote-unquote crazy adventure together? Not especially, no. <laughs> I can't do it without you, sugar. 
You're the wind beneath my sails, man. None of this would be possible without you. No way. I can't go on a narcissistic time travel mission and abandon my still somewhat famous girlfriend, Heather Graham Cracker. At this point, a sentient Graham Cracker with the face of Heather Graham sticks her head through one of the wall holes. Miles, I'm sorry, but this isn't working out. I'm leaving you. (laughs) What? Why? Actually, never mind. That checks out. Have a good life. (laughs) Heather leaves. Sugar and Spicy share an awkward moment. Spicy gestures toward the phone booth. Time machine. They kiss. Huh? Huh? <sighs> Fuck it. And that's a wrap on season one of Sugar and Spicy. Not so much Game of Thrones, more like the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Thanks for listening, and be sure to stay tuned to the Awards Radar podcast for more shenanigans to come. Uh, so that's that's season one of Sugar and Spicy, an incredibly entertaining show against all odds i gotta say uh really interested to talk about season two in a minute but um since i have you here and you really don't do press i I can't not ask you about the accusations of um frankly uh molesting young boys um you 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 do claim that you you did not do this so i want to give you a chance to set the record straight last time you were initially presented with this you just talked about sexual orientation without really ever addressing anything. So um, while insulting an entire community, you never really uh, answered for yourself. So I'd like to give you the opportunity um, and hopefully your, your lawyer will allow you to talk here. So uh, Kevin, the floor is yours. Well, thank you very much, Joey. I do appreciate having this platform to sort of set the record straight. Uh, believe it or not, uh, most people are not that interested in what I have to say these days, so it really is sort of refreshing to, to get my voice out there. Regarding these allegations, uh, first of all, they are simply not true. I never molested any young boys. That's an absolutely outrageous thought. All I did was carve off a sliver of my own chili pepper body and forcibly absurd it into their ani, which is plural for anus, which, while it sounds bad on paper, is actually something that every young boy needs growing up. And this is something that I received a lot of when I was a young chili pepper. And frankly, I was just helping these boys along in their career. They're going to be that much stronger and that much uh, more talented because they've been exposed to my chili pepper flakes. Uh, I, 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 Mr. Giuliani, you're allowing this to go out on the air? I mean, that that sounds about right. I mean, you know, I, I think that what we said earlier is is that they, these these men shouldn't be, be angry with Kevin. Uh, anything, they should be thanking him. Got them, uh, got them experience. And uh, Lord knows, you know, people need things for resumes. So, 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 what you're, so I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear uh, on this. You were, you were saying, for the record, that you believe that the people who have accused Mr. Spicy of sexual pesting, sexual pestery, if you will, should be thanking him for the sexual experience they had with him forcibly and without their consent, as opposed to litigating against it and hoping he would uh, apologize. That's that's uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Well, hold uh, on, hold I on, mean, just well, a minute. I mean, well, what is consent when we really break it down? Because yeah, I mean, consent uh, can I mean, mean many different things. I mean, these men 
have gotten the same treatment boys. from Kevin. Rutabaga, oh, boys. They were boys, boys at the yes, time. Yes, Let's yes, be clear that's about fine. that. Yes, yes. These boys have gotten the same treatment from uh, from Kevin that he's given me. And I, for one, because of no payment, have have accepted it. And um, it all sounds about right. And uh, we're fine with it. You know what? Uh, if you've been sodomizing Rutabaga Giuliani, a, a nation thanks you, Kevin. So let's, you're good in my book now. Uh, what are your hopes for season two before I, I assume the police come and, and take you away? Well, I mean, we have all sorts of hopes. Uh, I've definitely pitched a lot of ideas to Miles, who has not responded to any of my messages or texts or emails or phone calls or my knocking at his door at three in the morning. But I'm sure he'll get back to me once his genius brain finishes you know, absorbing it all. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've definitely uh, talked about leaning into the time travel plot, maybe including some Bill and Ted style adventures where we go a little too far and we maybe create something like a butterfly effect that ripples through all of cinema history that we then have to go fix. Because I think for me personally, the goal of the series as a whole, especially if we're looking at it as a vehicle for the rehabilitation of my public image, is to make me come out the hero. And so the best way to do that is to have me be essentially single-handedly responsible for saving the space-time continuum as we know it. Yes. And speaking of whole, we want to hit on the second season the whole point of the heart of every single listener out there. So every one of them, they're going to come out there, they're going to listen to the show, and we're going to touch them. And we're going to touch them in places that... This podcast and this website has never even talked about before. And then we're going to get a, a large, large settlement. And maybe we'll have a season three. But if we do a season three, you know, we're, we're going to touch them in even other places. And I think, I, mean, that, I think that that's a great thing for audiences to be touched. I mean, speaking of, of large settlements, uh, Kevin did repeatedly molest Steve on the way in. And he's refused to be a part of this. So I'm going to. I'm going to need you to talk to me after the show about some sort of uh, restitution for that as well. Who is the, who? Who is this, Steve? Oh, he, he was the ro- he was the robot gentleman that I that I oh, met on the way in. Oh, okay. I just well, assumed we, he was a fan and wanted to thank him in the only way I know how. He is, he is very robotic. That is that is fair. Yeah, you know we'll talk, we'll talk to him. We'll we'll show him all these papers too because I mean I've got a ton of them. I got a ton of these papers. So. You you certainly do, and uh, I must say you're an you're an awful awful man. And uh, Kevin, I would say it was a pleasure, but um, it, it was not. Um, I am curious to see season two. I, I suspect you'll be in prison, but yeah. if you're not, I uh, I will be I will be interested in seeing it. So I'm going to regret this, but uh, Kevin, you can you can have the last word. Oh, thank you very much, Joey. I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone at Awards Radar. I want to thank that sexy young robot I just sodomized on the way in here. And, of course, most of all, I want to thank Miles, even though he is not responding to me at all since the filming of the first season. I am confident that when we finally get in the same room together that he will find a way to touch me in the same ways that I feel like I just really want to touch him. God help us all. This is a legal disclosure from Miles Hughes, the writer of Sugar and Spicy. 
I do not like Kevin Spacey as a person. I do not like Kevin Spacey as a person. I was forced into this by Joey Magidson, who gets some weird, twisted desire out of the whole thing and would just as soon wash my hands of it. Thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll have some quality content to bring you in the future. Good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.